all cars. Man trying to enter an office building on 4th and Main with no mask. Repeat, no mask. I walked into my job late last week when my co-workers all began to freak. They started cursing and began to shout and said quite rudely as the boss threw me out. You need a mask. I need a COVID mask. A COVID mask. It seemed a lot to ask. To wear a mask. To do a simple task. Put on a mask. I need a COVID mask. Made it mandatory almost every place. That we can't be seen unless we hide our face. I can't even leave my humble abode without something covering my mouth and nose. We need a mask. We need a COVID mask. A COVID mask. It seems a lot to ask. To wear a mask. Can't even mow my grass. Without a mask. Without a COVID mask. This mask wearing isn't fun. And the snitching has now begun. My neighbor called the hotline because my dog wasn't wearing one. Walking through the mall, a woman's voice did ring. Seemed she was troubled by just one thing. She pointed to the door, shook her fist, and said, What are you trying to do, you jerk? Make everybody sick? Forgot his mask. Forgot my COVID mask. COVID mask. Nobody gets a pass. That stupid mask. Can't even pump my gas. Without a mask. Without a COVID mask. I'm home. What do you want? I need to come in and get my mask. Don't let Daddy in the house, Mommy. He's been wearing his mask. No mask, no entry. Sorry. But, honey. You should have taken it with you. You're not getting in this house. I changed the lock. I need my COVID mask. Greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. That was quite an intro, wasn't it? Bit of fun. You've got to laugh, otherwise you'd cry. You would cry. Revelation chapter 16 we're going to delve into today. Thanks all of you that do subscribe to the channel. Give us some thumbs up. Shabbat Shalom in the chat there today. We are looking at Revelation chapter 16 today. And I want to kind of give you a big picture, a big overview. Think back to the times when Yahushua was walking around in Judea. There was a way in which the protocol was and the way that things should be done. And then along came Yahushua and challenged the narrative. There was a way, there was a form, there was a format on how you would approach Yahuwah through the temple, how you would proceed forth and enter into the gates. And then along came a physician, a great physician, out in the wilderness. And there were miracles when people had given up on miracles. There were healings when people had given up on healings. It went against the whole culture, a culture that had given up in the supernatural. They had gone into the way of the Babylonian mystery religions and the temple cults. It was all format. It made no sense. It was not logical. It, there was no reason. 
And Yahushua came along and he did supernatural acts, healings. And he would say to the lepers, go and testify to the priest, to the high priest, to what I've done as a testimony of what's happening. I suggest to you that right now that we're in an epoch of time of such similitude where the whole of the world is going one way of form and function and it's administrative down to its very minutia and it doesn't make sense logically when you start to question it but you can't question it but then there's another way the way of our great physician of which gives us a supernatural highway into a supernatural realm of standing. And we really are going to have to make a choice. Over this next season, a choice, just as it says in the scripture, seek this day who you will serve and choose life. Because we have a health care choice that we have to make, that we're being forced to make a health care choice. And I'll step out on a limb here because it's a very strong limb. It is a salvific choice. What do you mean it's a salvific? Are you saying it's a... Yes, the choice is a salvific choice. And it comes down to who is your great physician? Whose health care plan are you going to follow? And when will you say enough is enough? Because it has always been about the blood. S.A. Tan has always sought to corrupt the bloodline, to steal the bloodline, to try and pollute the bloodline, whether it was in the garden, whether it was with Cain and Abel, whether it was through the prophets, all the way to the coming of Messiah. And again in Revelation chapter 12, it's always been about the blood. And ultimately, our blood has to be either in the hands of men where you lose your salvation, if you even had it, or you place your blood in the hands of your great physician because of the work of his blood. And it really is a health care choice, salvationally, when I look at this from a spiritual application here, if you can bear with me. Because we have the great physician, Yahushua, we have our nurse where we can take comfort, which is the Holy Spirit. And my hospital is the temple in heaven. But there's another, another narrative going forth right now. It's a Pharisaic. It is a Luciferic. It is a synagogue of Satan counterfeit, just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They didn't believe... One sect didn't believe in the resurrection, didn't believe in supernatural healings. And they would say, he's got a demon. And even today in the Talmud, they don't believe in the supernatural healings of Yahushua. They say that he had a demon and that it was witchcraft. Heavens forbid. 
today when we stand and say, you know, we're under the care of our great physician, our religion excludes us from your mandates and your mayhem and your chaos. Because here in Revelation 16, we're going to see that the seas, which are the nations, which are the peoples, are in chaos and turmoil. And in the midst of that chaos and turmoil, there has to be a people that aren't going to go with that fear, that are going to be able to start to think as it progresses along and that storm ensues more and more, are going to start to rise up out of the frothy seas and get clarity and their faith is really going to become so apparent. I feel in myself and in my faith as these months have progressed, I have felt a maturing, a development in myself, a confidence, not in my own flesh, but in the promises and the hopes of the Bible coming very close to me that it becomes clearer as the world becomes more chaotic because the nations, the seas, the multitudes are in chaos. And it's so chaotic that you even see it in our world. The doctors that surrounded Trump at the beginning, they're no longer there. The politicians that said this, they're now contradicting themselves. OSHA that says this is now... They're all in chaos. They are an embarrassment to themselves. So they therefore try and delete their history. But their history is still there online. You can see it where OSHA is contradicting itself, where governors are contradicting their orders. And logically, it doesn't make sense. I've taught, spoken to physicians and like we know... It doesn't make sense because if you had these kind of symptoms, then it doesn't make sense. Why? Because it's a narrative, just like the Pharisees and Sadducees had a narrative. And then somebody came along and shook up that whole narrative with a supernatural life application that saved people's souls. So at this juncture in my life, in the teaching that I'm presenting, I really do see where we're at in the world, in the prophecies, as a health care choice. And as for me in my house, I choose to follow the orders of my great physician. And my great physician requires that I interact with my fellow man, Panaim El Panaim, face to face, that I'm able to stand before my accusers face to face, and that I am able to exercise my religion freely, because ultimately my physician has commanded me to live free as a free man of faith. And that ultimately, I know that the nurse that is going to take care of me is going to be the Holy Spirit that is my comforter. I'm not looking to be comforted by your false narrative. I'm not looking to be comforted by your benefit programs. I am not looking to be comforted by your pharmacia and drugs. 
I will press into the nurse, the Holy Spirit for my comfort, and ultimately the hospital of my destination is in the heavenly temples of Jerusalem that is descending into my life. It's a healthcare choice, and I've made it. And you guys, I hope, can see what I'm saying. Because right now, in Revelation chapter 16, we arrive at the third and final series of a numbered plague, or some translations say vials. Do they say anyone have vials in their translation? So we're going to see this 3-4 structure again. We've seen this 3-4 structure several times in the book of Revelation um, in which the first four plagues are related and then the final three, they just bubble and boil and intensify to this final apocalyptic calamity. So we're not going to see a lull or an intermission like we had seen previously with the seals and the trumpets. No, because right now, as we get to this section, it is relentless. There is no let up. It is a relentless onslaught of calamity. And then there is a relentlessness and then there's a close. So there's more bad news, though. There's more bad news. Forget that there's no in, inter, in, in, intermissions. Forget that it's in super close proximity. We're also going to get the added two. Can you say two? Two expansions as well. Let me explain. Revelation 16.1. And I heard a great voice out of the temple. I'm likening that to a hospital. Because that's ultimately our healing and resurrection destination, isn't it? That's not a false hope. That's a true hope. A voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of the anger of Yahuwah on the earth. And I first went and poured out his bowl on the earth, and a bad and grievous sore fell on men who had the mark of the beast and on those who worshipped his image. Now remember the book of Revelation when it comes to the seals, the trumpets, and even here with these plagues or vials, depending on your translation, I believe it's all an orchestra. Okay? It's an orchestra. It's not linear in fashion. It's not first there's the seals, then there's the trumpets, then there's the bowl or vial. But this is an orchestra. And I think if you put a thumb and turn back to Revelation chapter 8, you'll see how this is a processional orchestra and it's playing in this amazing, amazing overlapping judgments because this is the judgment dirge that is now playing look the bowls are poured out on verse 1 chapter 16 on the earth there's going to be some kind of grievous source i mean what is it going to be is it going to be literally in this world that we're living are these people going to break out with some kind of grievous sores when this first round of vaccinations comes forth at, at the end of the year and it's poured out at the hands of contact tracers and the fauci physicians i don't know it's very possible but look then at the second bowl in verse three the first one, in verse 1, it hits the earth, which correlates to Revelation chapter 8, verse 
7, the first trumpet, where does the first trumpet hit? It hits the earth. So this is an orchestra. Can you see how they're both playing at tandem, if you will? Right there in Revelation 16, verse 1, it correlates with Revelation chapter 8, verse 7. They both hit the earth, both the first trumpet and the first bowl. Now we come into verse 3 of chapter 16, and what is struck next? The seas. The seas. But the seas represent the multitudes of man. Yes, you could take it literally, and several years ago people were wondering apocalyptically, oh my goodness, what was that big um, drilling rig that started to pour all of the oil, and people were convinced. Do you remember that? Oh my goodness, the seas are turning to blood. Do you remember that? It was quite convincing, wasn't it, for several months? So that's, you know, literally something hitting the seas. And then you've got people that are, you know, going, oh, it's planet X, it's planet X. Well, that was popular for a while. But then, so there's many applications, but I think a very convincing application is saying, well, the seas are the multitudes of the nations, the multitudes of people worldwide. Are all the seas being affected right now worldwide in a way that we have never, ever seen before? Yes, it's more convincing to me to approach this part of Scripture today as looking at it as a multitude global, if you will, and then that's going to offend some of the flat earth um, subscribers that we have, you know, using a term like global, but, you know, we could use a plane too if you prefer. But anyway, all that to say this, the multitudes is a sea, a multitude of man. Now, in verse 3, it struck, is it not? But what could that mean? It struck dead man's blood. Dead man's blood. Well, that's kind of like something hits the whole of mankind. It's going to affect the seas. Man, multitudes, their blood is going to be turned dead. It's kind of like a zombie, right? Something is put into your blood that turns you dead. And you're walking around like zombies. No living souls. Because go back to Ezekiel chapter 28, everything is about the trading and trafficking of souls. Can you see that this woo flu that we're in right now is all about what? Trading and trafficking, isn't it? People are losing their livelihoods, but the big corporations are trading and trafficking in the billions of profits right now. Fauci and the vaccinations and Microsoft trading, Facebook trading in the billions in profits right now. All you have to do is mention Kodak and their stock goes up 700%. Meanwhile, people aren't getting unemployment checks and retailers and restaurants are imploding. What's happening here? This is the trafficking and trading of man's souls. And this affects the seas, the multitudes, the nations in verse 3. Now look at the third, the third woe, if you will, the third plague or vial in verse 4. What does that hit? It hits the rivers and the fountains. Well, if you turn back to the trumpets in Revelation chapter 8, you'd find in Revelation chapter 8 verse 10, you'd find that the rivers and fountains are affected there with the third trump. So you can see 
I believe this really does support an orchestra playing, not some li um, linear kind of timeline of judgments. Does that make sense thus far? So the third woe, if you will, when it comes to the plague, the first, the third plague here, it hits the rivers, verse 4, and fountains. What does that symbolize? Rivers and fountains, an abundance of life, free-flowing life. No longer. It's going to be affected. Something's going to happen that is going to strike the seas, strike the rivers and fountains, and there is no longer going to be a bubbling, free-flowing of life. There's going to be what? Some kind of society lockdown, breakdown in society to make it a slow, coagulated goo of programmable matter that now oozes through the world, the seas of the populations. What could that possibly be? Right? I see this as very literal, very literal. Now, when you come down to the fourth vial in verse 8, what happens? It's now affecting the sun. Well, if you go back to chapter 8, verse 10, you saw what? Possibly Elon Musk messing around with Mars and you have a burning Mars falling and striking the earth. Who knows what these clowns are up to? I don't trust them as far as I can throw, throw them and I wouldn't want them messing around on Mars. And again, now I'm going to upset a lot of you flat plane earthers again because you're like, there's no planets and there's no... Look, I'm not here to debate those types of things. I'm here to poke fun at everybody and anybody at any time whatsoever. That's what I do because I just can't help it. Because the world is crazy, so I have to be even crazier than the world. But all that to say this, something is going to happen with this fourth, fourth vial in verse 8. Could it mean that somebody then, their veins would be burnt? If we're talking about men and the seas and the multitudes, programmable math. You see how I'm correlating this all into the world that we live in today. I'm not a great supporter of vaccinations. Can you guess? Can you guess? I just don't believe what they're trying to sell us. And a lot of the doctors that I've, I've spoken to, and there's been a few, they don't believe it either. Okay? Because many of these doctors that I speak to are Christian doctors that have been to Africa with charities and they have seen crippled wheelchaired Africans that are the subjects of vaccination therapy gone wrong. Those are the doctors that I've been talking to. Not some silly little student that just got out of university, but doctors that have been on Christian mission fields and seen the effects of vaccination experiments at the hands of the poor African shanty towns where you have Africans no longer able to walk. They are crippled and they don't even have wheelchairs. They have stubs and they have wooden sticks that they're dragging themselves around Around all courtesy of vaccination experimentation. So they're not buying it either. So, you know, just, just beware. Just beware. You could end up with some burnt veins, toasted and roasted humanity, and I'm not talking global warming here. So now we get on to the fifth 
the fifth vial or plague, what does that hit? It hits the seat of the beast, does it not? Well, what is the seat of the beast? Literally, it's Pergamos in the Middle East, but it's any seat of authority over the nation that is governed. Okay, right here in America, obviously, the seat of the beast would be Washington, D.C., and you can just look at the architecture and see if that is so. Okay, papal Rome, definitely, same. In England, you go to the temple in England, same thing. You see all the occult architecture. Now, how does that affect if you go back into um, the trumpets? You can see that the fifth trumpet was when there was scorpions that came out over the seat or the world or the Pergamos of the beast. So I see the correlation with these trumpets, plagues, vials as an orchestra. Let's go on further now and we find, of course, this seventh vial or plague. Um, excuse me, the sixth one again. The sixth vial or plague, what does that hit? It hits the river Euphrates. And again, it correlates to the sixth trumpet, which was, again, the river Euphrates. So it's pretty amazing to me as we go down the list here between Revelation 16 and the vials and the plagues, and then you go back and you line it up with Revelation chapter 8, how you see that that cross-reference could only be if it was an orchestra playing and the calamity and the increase of tempo as the plagues progress further and further until the wrath of Yahuwah. It starts out with the trumpets and then it builds and builds and builds and then you're starting to feel all that passion and wrath just like you would at an orchestra as it builds into this crescendo. So I think that that's a pretty cool way to look at it. Now, finally, here we see that the seventh um, plague or vial, it again hits the air. It hits the air. Because basically the wrath is being poured out on the followers of the beast. You take the mark of the beast, and what happens? Well, you'll end up with the marks of Yahuwah or the sores of Yahuwah's wrath upon you. So again, it's this choice. It's really this separation of the wheat and the tares. And it becomes very much easier to distinguish who's who. Doesn't it? In my whole lifetime, I've never found that. And I've been seeing that more. I see people that look more like me. I can see their face and we're like, hmm. You know, just makes me wonder. Just makes me wonder. I think, ultimately, that today we're very much likely in a place that things like this could be a result of a global vaccine malfunction. That's my opinion. I think everything points to that, and I think we have to be aware of that. You can take it with a pinch of salt, but I'm very, very aware of how we're living, and I'm very aware of the consequences of tyranny and how that's looking. And I'm also very aware of what medical doctors that are Christians who have been to Africa and come back and testified about the vaccine malfunctions all over Africa that they don't talk to you about here. They don't even give you the ingredient insert into the vaccinations in doctor's offices, do they? 
Because if you read the ingredient insert, you wouldn't sleep. You would have a moral crisis as a religious person because it's against everything that we believe. Everything that we believe. We believe in the sanctity of life and we love the little children, don't we? Yahushua said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and his disciples, hey, bring the children because we want to lay hands on the children to pray for them, their health, their future. We certainly don't want their body parts to end up in a vaccination because that is an abomination that will cause desolation to your temple. This is where we're at. You know, the brutal documented vaccine botch-ups all over the African continent and nations should cause us much concern when they're trying to push this through in the next three months. Look at verse 3. And the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became like the blood of a dead one, and every living soul died in the sea. Now, how can I turn this into a positive, light-hearted, inspirational sermon? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. So let's plonder through further and see what I can come up with. But I'm not promising anything. It's Revelation chapter 16. The sea becomes like the blood of a dead person, coagulated and, see it's inspiring, coagulated and rotting, no longer supporting life, and all sea life dies. There you go. There is my inspirational sermon for the afternoon. Poured out on the whole of humanity, the seas, blood of a dead one. That's why they don't teach this stuff. These people are like, I'm not, I'm not coming back for that. It's terribly depressing. Look at verse 4. And the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and fountains of waters, and they too became blood. More good news. And I heard the angels of the waters saying, Righteous is the sovereign master who is and was and who will be, because you have judged these things since they have poured out the blood of the saints and prophets, and you gave them blood to drink, for they are deserving. Like I said, it's always been about the blood. It's about the bloodline. And after the third bowl, when the inland waters were bloodied, the judgment is justified because of the blood of the saints has been shed. I mean, we can go back to the Exodus and see, of course, the apparent parallels right there. The punishment fits the crime, though, doesn't it? It really does. Look at Isaiah chapter 49, verse 26, where it is written, I will feed your oppressors their flesh, they will be drunk with their blood as with sweet wine. Then all flesh will know that I am Yahuwah, your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. All I'm saying is whatever they institute as law, the governors, the politicians, and all of those that are enforcing it, they should be the first ones to take it, We'll sit back and watch, and in a year or so, see how you're doing, and then let society decide. You want to go for it? Then you go drink of it first, right? 
Oh, but they won't do that. They'll go to the poor neighborhoods. They'll go to the African-American neighborhoods, just like they did in the 40s, and they'll start testing it on the blacks. Oh, you can't say things like that. Well, I like to read history, read the history of what they did to those communities and wonder why they're pushing Black Lives Matter. Releasing prisoners and then flipping the script on you and then imprisoning people that do not consent with the tyranny. And then it's, it's insanity to me. But of course, we're dealing with a rational, logical human being here, a man of faith, dealing with an occult, luciferic realm that makes no sense. Unless, of course, you've already fried your noodle with all of their chemicals, antidepressants, and vaccinations. They're no longer thinking clearly. Look at verse 7. And I heard another out of the altar saying, Even so, Yahweh Elohim, almighty, true, and righteous are your judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his bowl onto the sun, and it was given to him to burn men with fire. And men were burned with great heat. Now, I told you, I think last week or so, I did get my, I had terrible varicose veins. And I did get them burnt with chemicals in my early 20s. I would never do that now. I didn't know any different. I was certainly not switched on like I was back in the church. But I did. They, I, they laid me down and they injected chemicals into my veins and they burnt them. So I can see how this burning could definitely be part of the vaccination, killing the blood, the death, the burning of the veins, and the seas of the nations. I mean, right now, I'm teaching during, obviously, this woo-flu pandemic. So my worldview is going to be focused on what I see right in front of me, even though I don't live by sight, I live by faith. But I am in the world, but I'm not of the world. Because ultimately our hope is another realm, another realm, is it not? But you've got to look at it. I'm not going to necessarily go with solar flares and solar maximum and magnetic portals. Because I'm seeing something else coming down the, 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 the um, railroad very quickly. Right? Yes. Something's going on with my blood veins right now. It could be lasers. They've been shooting the police with lasers. That's some crazy stuff, isn't it? I mean, that's outrageous. Willing to blind somebody and maim them, and then you know what they do? They arrest them, book them, and release them. They almost blinded a police officer. They could have blinded in Portland. They arrest them, take their picture, and then release them, and they go do it again. It's outrageous. Yet you, walking out there without a mask, harass. I'm like, I'm just trying to get some medicine for my family. Well, you can't. Who would have ever thought it? 
Who would have ever thought it? Verse 7. And I heard another out of the altar, say, altar saying, Even so, Yahweh Elohim, Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. And that has to be our hope. Our hope has to be not on the judgments of men, because we can see their judgments are, are, are terrible. But Yahweh's judgments are true. And ultimately, that's where we will rest. Man will judge us wrong. I have been so ill-judged and been called all kinds of names. And as you stand now, you walk around the grocery store, and now you're judged that you don't care for your fellow man unless you follow the party line. I'm like, how did this come into an emotional thing? That now that you're judging me that I don't care? I would say you don't care for your fellow man if you're taking away his freedoms. Because freedom and liberty means that you actually care, surely. The freedom to choose. Choose this day. Love cannot exist without a choice, which is why Yahweh gave Adam and Eve to choose which tree that they would pick from and which they would not. Because he wasn't a tyrant. The moment you take away free choice, you do not care about humanity. Don't say because I'm making a choice that's different than yours that I don't care about humanity. Get rid of the choice and then you don't care, right? You see how that works? They flip it, they flip it because I truly am a libertarian. You do you and I'll do me. And if you claim the faith of Yahushua, then we're all going to hold each other accountable to the words of scripture. But if you're some rotten heathen, then, you know, unless you repent, I, I really can't control what you're doing. That's not my job because you're outside of the faith. I have an opportunity to try and share and witness the truth, but if they don't want to listen, it's not my job to try and judge what they're doing. They're not in our community of faith. But if you name the name of Yahushua, then you better be doing what the Bible says, Right? See, they don't understand that. They don't understand that because they cannot see, because they do not have ears and they do not have eyes to be able to see the word of Yahuwah. We are coming into some amazing, amazing possibilities are endless of to what these judgments could actually be, right? Think of it. Think of it. I mean, back in the 80s, they would say, oh, this is all about, you know, Russian gunships. Do you remember that? Oh, this is Russian gunships and the eyes of scorpions. It's the men. You know, back in the 80s, maybe that's... Well, now we're in a whole different world, right? So, you know, as a Bible teacher, you relate it to uh, the world that you're in, and is it a possibility? Well, you could be, you know. You've got Elon Musk m messing around with Mars. You've got Richard Branson and SpaceX. You've got all this vaccination therapy, therapy, all this coming down the pike. You've got artificial intelligence. What a crazy world we live in. And then you've got these Bible prophecies that you go, oh, my goodness. So you know what? When I tell people... I have a religious exemption to your laws. I really do. Because I believe that what they're doing out there right now is all part of the setup to the great tribulation. 
And my great physician has me under his care and his orders are in total contradiction to Dr. Vouchy, who is the synagogue of S.A. Tan's physician. I don't follow that physician. I follow the great physician and as such, I am religious exemption from your laws and your tyranny. And that is true. And if you'd like to discuss that, then I think we could shut your business down pretty quickly for discrimination. It's that simple, people, but people are afraid to stand. And this is something where these judgments now are starting to come from partial into full effect. And here we see that the bowls are universal in scope and they're final in scope, unlike the trumpets now we're into the full calamity. The seals were both a call to come into the shelter and a debut of the judgment for ignoring that invite. Remember the invite of the first seal? Come into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Come into the shelter. And ultimately, what did Yahushua say? He said, at the end of days, it's going to be like the days of Noah. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Let me have a little sip here. So the trumpets in Revelation 8, they were an escalating judgment with a call to repentance. Here, is there a call to repentance? No. That's past. You've already done the damage. It's undoable. At some point, it's going to be undoable. At some point, man becomes unredeemable. That's a scary place to be. Yeah. And it's very disturbing. What happens when you've witnessed to somebody so many times? Now, I'm not going to mention names here, but I'm going to tell you a story. When you've told somebody so many times about the resurrection of Yahushua and how to be saved and how to come and accept him, and then time passes and you see that person and they're in absolute chaos, but they know that you're the believer that's witnessed to them many times, and they come running up to you, distraught and in torment, and this is the words I hear, Matthew, help me, help me, I'm in hell. I'm in hell. I don't. What do you do? And you look at them and you're like, you are in a living hell. And at some point, man becomes unredeemable. I remember many times in my life where, as a believer, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit to do something, and if I didn't, then I know that Yahuwah would have bypassed me and found another man. I know it. The only reason I stand here today is because I humbly and fearfully serve Yahuwah, because otherwise he'll bypass me and find another person. doesn't need me or you or anybody. So we are fearfully and wonderfully made, but we are in the fight and we have to stay on the course and we can't we can't become careless with our faith because at some point he could just pass you and me over and find the next person 
stewardship of our faith to pass it on to the next generation so that when we go and stand before our maker, he will do, say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's it. And then it's all glory, right? It's all glory. That's our hope. So we've got opportunities every single day to make those right decisions. And that's what I'm living for through this woo flu. Because there is more opportunities all the time. Because it is bat crazy out there. And I'm a ventriloquist, in case you didn't catch that. All right. No, I'm not, actually. I think that's a cult, isn't it? I'm sure it is, actually. It's got to be Babylonian. So I take, I renounce ventriloquism and its fruits and its effects in the mighty name of Yahushua. Amen! All right, you're not sure how to take that, are you? That's all right. It's all right. You're sitting awfully close. Let's get into verse 10. And the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast. Literally, the throne is Pergamos, right? But it could be the seat of authority in any nation in which you reside. The throne of the beast, because we know that the kingdoms of man all serve the beast system because the woman is riding the beast. But what's going to happen to the woman? The beast is going to turn round and devour her. And can you see that with these politicians? They are devouring one another. Why? Because they're all riding the beast. They will sell each other for a bowl of soup. Throwing each other under the bus, left, right, and they have got no faithfulness, no loyalty, and no decency. And you can see that. It's a disgrace. I can't even watch the politics because it's a disgrace. They're riding the beast, and the beast is going to turn around and devour them all. And then we're going to go into the millennium and rule and reign for a thousand years. And that's the reality. This world is perishing, and we are being prepared for a better world. And our children are being prepared to be the kings and queens and they will rule and reign. And the rest of these pawns, well, they're going to be out in the nations weeping and gnashing for teeth because they're going to get no drip feed irrigation to them unless they repent and come up to the Feast of Tabernacles. We're going to shut the water off. No Evian water for you, buddy. Unless you repent. It'll be that simple. That simple. I believe we're going to get all those technologies that they have bastardized and used for the new world order and use them for Yahuwah's glorious kingdom purposes. But first of all, there's going to be a judgment on the nations and the beast is going to turn around and devour the woman who is riding. And we're going to get ready to go through that. And many people in the Christian church that have been taught the pre-tribulation rapture are going to be so confused that they will make the wrong decision in the chaos and in the mayhem of the seas being stirred up. But you and I, we have to be able to see to endure through this to go into the other side. And I see that clarity coming. So... Verse 10, verse 11, and they blasphemed Yahweh of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and they did not repent of their deeds. 
Now, I'm going to have a sip and then I'm going to do a slight segue um, and then get back into it here for you. Because I do really feel like I've been put in the front lines down in the world in society for a reason. And I see a very perplexing and disturbing phenomenon going on right now during this Wu flu, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, right? And that is um, a lot of anxiety with people, especially young people, a huge amount of anxiety. Um, I just saw this kid the other day and he was sleeping, you know, in the middle of the day. And I was like, were you up all night gaming? Just guessed. Yeah. I said, why? Anxiety. I said, well, were you at least, you know, doing it for money or gambling? He's like, oh, no. <laughs> I said, so you're up gaming and gambling and doing all this stuff. Well, I don't gamble, but my friend, they're up gaming and gambling because they can't sleep. They've got all this anxiety. And then they try and come to school or work and they've got all this sleep deprivation. And then they're going to their doctors and they're getting anti-anxiety medicine. They're getting a very disturbing medication right now that has gone up exponentially in its prescription. And it is, um, they call it benzo. Benzo, I try to explain, what is it? Um, one of those benzo pills that is an antidepressant. But the consequences of taking this thing for more than a couple of weeks is, is detrimental. And, and there's some serious consequences coming. I want to lay this out because I see that it's kind of part of this anxiety and restlessness and agitation that is happening all around the world, especially with young people. And you can experience it more in a condensed area. If you're in a school setting or a college setting, now some schools, a lot of the schools aren't going to go back here in the fall. But the more social interaction that you have with people in a condensed setting, you can feel this tension, anxiety, and restlessness because the pressure's on. And you've got to look at it because a lot of these people, they're not of faith. They're totally godless, and they're not faring very well. Psychologically, they're not faring very well. We've had four months of this. And if they have no faith and they're masked up and they're isolated and then they've been prescribed these benzos, they're, they're breaking down mentally. And society, that's part of why society is breaking down. It's this hopelessness. There's this insomnia that is absolutely skyrocketed. Because I think that godless man, what are they looking to? Pharmacia. They're looking to some kind of pharmacia as their salvation. They really are. And it's being pushed that way, whether it's the vaccination, that is a form of pharmacia that's going to save the world and then things will get back to normal. Or... There's something else, and it's insomnia, it's restlessness, it's anxiety, it's agitation, because they're not of faith. This is godless humanity's lot, the hope of salvation, a vaccine. Well, maybe not. Maybe the hope of salvation is um, the hydro, um, what do they call that? 
hydroxychloroquine. Is that well? That's going to be this. It's still pharmacia, right? What zinc? Zinc's going to be the salvation. Matthew twenty-four, verse thirty-eight. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking. Marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and knew not until the flood came. They were in the dark. They weren't seeing what was happening. They weren't seeing that the temperature was being turned up on that frog. They weren't seeing that you know. Three months ago, it was this. Now you've ramped it up to this. Now Governor Inslee's telling the men up in Washington State that you've got to shave your beards, and then that, and then it's going to be more, and then it's more, and then it's more, and then it's more. And they took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Noah, Noah. It's going to be like that. We have a health care. Choice to make, a great physician choice to make. Who's your great physician? Who's your nurse? And what hospital are you going to? It's that simple. Noah, noon, hay. Think about it. What is the noon? Chaotic waters, a swimming fish. Are the waters, the nations, the seas of the nations in absolute chaos? And the hay is what come into the ark of safety. His name Noah literally means come in from the seas of chaos to the ark of safety. That's literally what his name means. Noon hay, and from Noah you get Nachum, Nachamu, Nachamu, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. Noon, hey, mem, so feet. Comfort, come into the house and gain shelter from the chaotic nations and waters. That's where we're at. So it's not just that it's going to be like the days of Noah, but we're going to have to make a Noah choice to come in from the chaos. That is ensuing in the world and come under the ark, the pitch of Yahweh. Supernaturally, that's the only salvation for us. So, is it salvific? Yes, it is. That's what Yahushua is telling us. Look, the world right here, right now, and we're not seeing it. The world is getting ready for a catastrophe. On proportions that we've never seen, and as believers, we need to be the Noah generation. The Noah generation. We need to get into the ark because the world has turned. Listen to a luciferic health care provider and deemed humanity as sick in need of Lucifer's physician. It's that simple. That is the ultimate control, the ultimate control that another man can have over another man, and there's a term for it. I forget what the term is. It's a psychological term, where one person is made sick 
They are made to believe they are sick. The other person puts themselves up as the healer, as the doctor, as the savior, and then they get power by keeping the person sick. In fact, they may even poison them a little bit to keep them sick so that they're dependent because that is the ultimate, ultimate slave master situation. We have a world right now where those in power are trying to tell a healthy human being, you are sick. You need to stay away from one another. You are sick. You need to wear a mask to protect the other person. We are the physicians and we have control and you are sick. And they're breaking down humanity into the slave, tyrant, doctor-patient relationship. And that is a relationship that is being abused by government and tyranny right now, politicians, because they are not licensed physicians. And they are using that to enslave people. And I said this week, I said to a doctor, I said, look, you had some girl trying to scan me. I said, let me just run this by you. You have an unidentified person trying to gain my personal temperature, which is my personal body, and I have no idea who they are. They haven't identified themselves. I don't know if they work for UPS. I don't know if they work for you. They're certainly not a physician. They're not my private physician. My private physician I have a relationship with. And I don't mind my private physician taking my temperature. But some person, when I go to the store or I go here, this is insanity. There's HIPAA laws. There's all kinds of privacy and confidential laws. And I'm not having you give out my information to some contact tracer so that I can be harassed and my rights try to be taken from me. Because they're trying to say that I'm a patient and they're my doctor. No. I'm healthy, and if I need a physician, then I will go to my great physician who sits at the right hand of the Father, whose care I've been under since I'm 24 years old, and I will exercise my freedom of religion under my great physician. You need to back the hell down, and I'm, I'm serious, I'm sorry. You need to stand down and obey the law. Because I'm not messing around. And we need to stop pandering to tyranny. Because it's only going to squeeze further. Because this is ultimately a health care crisis. Not for me, for the world. Because it is literally one physician or another. They are trying to get the Dr. Fauci Luciferian system and the whole world is a patient. And that doctor-patient relationship is sacred. And if they can get everybody to acquiesce to that, then you're done. Everybody's like that. It's, it's so... In 9-11, they took away with the Patriot Act our national freedoms 
And that's when I thought, well, I should get my passport figured out and all of that. But right here, healthcare freedoms, because they realize that the doctor-patient relationship, that's the last strand. And if you can break that, you can enslave everybody. But Yahusha has given us the way out. He told us it's going to be like the days of Noah. You need to stand up and claim me as your great physician. You need to stand up and claim Yahusha the Messiah as your great physician, that you are salvifically under his care. I exercise... Do you... Do you discriminate against people based upon their religion? Because I'm under the... There we go. We're done. I'm coming in. End of story. We claim our great physician, and then we are a people that truly is operating in our calling, aren't we? We don't have to say the American Disabilities Act unless you are disabled. You have religious freedom and you're under the care of your great physician. That's true. My religion requires me to deal with my great physician. I can't be dealing with this nonsense anymore. Yahushua said, come into the ark. The nations are in chaos. And Noah is ultimately about what? Comfort me, comfort me, my people. Because that is the great physician with the nurse, the Holy Spirit, coming into the ark. That's the hospital of Yahuwah. That's, I believe, our safety and where we need to go. Because this is ultimately a move towards another physician. And this is a Luciferic occult system that they're pushing forward to abuse the doctor-patient relationship. Because Noah had to get into the ark because the world had turned and has turned today to a Luciferic healthcare provider and deemed humanity as sick and in need of Lucifer's physician. Well, I'm not having any of it. We have one physician and his name is Yahusha and we're to rely on only the true physician and his nurse, the Holy Spirit, and his hospital come into the ark. And if we don't, there's only one other option that is being offered up right now. So, in Genesis 5:29, look what it says. And he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands. And I can't tell you right now, I get great comfort when I really thought and meditated on this this week. And I got favor when I tried to be combative and I said, and I did because you guys know me, I said, I'm not, I'm, not having, I'm not having you take my bloody temperature. Get that thing away from me. So then they went and got the nurse's assistant. Well, sir, you're going to have to leave. I'm not leaving. No, 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 I'm immune to this. I said, I have got waivers. Oh, oh, so that didn't go down. So finally the doctor comes out and said, you're going to have to leave. And then when I communicated without being combative, my religion and who my savior is and that he's the great physician, favor. Why? Because it's true. It's the truth. And the truth shall set you free. And then what? There's comfort. Because I don't need to fight. 
because it's true. And that truth does set us free. We are a special treasure, a peculiar people for sure, but we are a special treasure. And as such, we should be allowed to walk on the land freely as a free people in a free world because we're passing through, are we not? Luke chapter 4, verse 23. And he said unto them, Ye will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Kafanachum, the village of Nahum, do also here in thy country. You see, right now, there's comfort that is needed for us as discomfort is being across the seas of the nations. And like I said earlier, with these young people, there is an epidemic right now of depression, restlessness, anxiety, people not sleeping. So what are they doing? They're sending them to worldly physicians that are prescribing these young people benzodiazepine. I think that's how you pronounce it, benzodiazepine. Are you familiar with that? And it's being combined to seat the vaccination because what it does is it changes the body's chemistry. So the prescriptions right now for these young people of this benzodiazepine is being seated in the body in preparation for when the vaccine comes that it can take hold and the body doesn't fight it off. So that's why you're seeing that. But the problem is with this benzodiazepine is that it is a luciferic solution to humanity's reaction to the Wu flu problem. Remember, we've got problem, reaction, solution, and now they're reverse engineering it. They've got the benzo, which is now the solution that's going to seat the vaccination, so it actually takes, which is then going to be because of man's reaction to, of course, the Wu flu problem that was created back in 2019 in the fall with those, with those war games, those health war games in Wuhan. This is all well documented. So the benzo is basically being used to seat the vax and prep the patient psychologically. Now, the effects of long-term benzo prescription combined in the vaccination subscription will mean that men will seek death and they shall not find it. And it shall desire to die, man will, but death shall flee to them and from them. You go online and you look and see the testimonies of some of these people that had been subscribed benzodiazepine and when they try to get off of it it took years and they said it was worse than death worse than death in fact um, I believe I don't know many of you may have uh, actually followed him um, online a Canadian um, professor uh, what was his name Jordan Peterson you should check it out. He got, I think, um, um, prescribed this stuff and had such a terrible time getting off of it. They had to take him to Russia 
to Russia and to Serbia to a special clinics to try and get him off this. And this is a switched on guy. But he was going through such turmoil in his family and anxiety that they got him on this um, medication. And, um, oh, and he breaks it down. It's, it's, it's terrifying. But this is what they're doing right now to seek the vaccination, especially for those that are going for a Luciferic solution to their problem because we're all being geared to follow Lucifer's physician, which is terrifying. Look what it says in Job chapter 30, verse 3. Haggard from want and hunger, they gnaw dry roots in former time, desolate and waste. Are you going to gnaw, um, gnaw dry roots or are we going to Devour the word of Yahuwah and get sustenance and nourishment and hope. And that's what I see. Look at verse 12 as we come into the end of, uh, of chapter 16. Because right here in the context of the Bible, the opportunity to repent has fled. And all that awaits right now is utter destruction and judgment. It's complete annihilation. Because they've looked to a new health care provider called Lucifer. And they got their lot. Verse 12. And the sixth angel poured out his vial on the great river Euphrates. And its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the rising of the sun might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs came out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of demons, working miracles, which go forth to the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to battle of the day, of the great day of Yahuwah Almighty. Behold, I am coming as a thief. And of course, that goes back to the temple theology of where the priest would be in the temple at night and he would be charged with keeping the fires of the altar going. And what would happen is if he fell asleep, then the duty priest would come in and see him sleeping. And he would come in, as it were, as a thief in the night. And he would take that fire pan and take coals off of the altar and shove a couple of coals into the hem of his garment, which was made out of the wicks. The wicks of the candles in the menorah were made out of the old garments. So they ignited and his garments would come on fire and he'd run out of that temple naked and ashamed meaning he wasn't watching and guarding diligently. He wasn't discerning the times and the seasons and the days in which we live. That's why we have to be discerning in these times. Look what it says in Psalm 78, verse 43, because this really does mimic the plagues of Egypt, doesn't it? When he displayed his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the plain of Zoan, he turned their rivers into blood so they could not drink from their streams. He sent on them flies to devour them and frogs to devastate them and gave their crops to the grasshopper and their labor to the locust. He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamore trees with frost and gave over their cattle to the hail and their flocks to fiery bolts. He sent on them the fury of his anger, wrath, and indignation and trouble, a band of evil angels. So just like Pharaoh, 
They've gradually taken on the character of the false god and the false system that they serve. And I go out there and I see these people have totally taken on the character of the nations. I would never have thought that people would have acquiesced to stupid so quickly. And you acquiesce to stupid, you become stupid as far as I'm concerned. They've taken on the character of their tyrannical overlords. And now they're all saying the same little narrative, aren't they? And you're like, can you not think? No, they're pawns. They are programmable matter. They've been vaccinated since babyhood. They've been indoctrinated in state re-education camps. They cannot think for themselves. They follow orders. They follow Twitter and tweets. They do not think for themselves. And if CNN spews it out, then you know what? It's got to be fact. And you're like, oh my goodness, this just, think logically, systematically, sequentially. This, this makes no sense. But they can't. They can't process that way. They've been given an order. And therefore, somebody said to me, oh, a sheriff said to me, well, she's just doing her job. Well, no, if she was doing her job, then she would be obeying the law because isn't that her job? Oh, uh, yeah, right. See, so no. Following orders isn't just doing your job because that, that's wrong. You don't just follow orders. You follow the law. We follow Yahuwah's law, but we also follow the law of man when it does not conflict with the Bible, right? So, blessed is the one who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them into a place in the Hebrew tongue called Armageddon. Of course, that's coming from the Valley of Megiddo, those of you that have been to Israel you could see how they could just gather all the nations, especially once that river Euphrates dries up and they all come from the east. They just cross that border plain right over the Euphrates and you've got the whole valley of Megiddo and you can just see how the nations could gather there for the slaughter and the birds of the air would pick at their carcass. Verse 17, And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and a great voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And when we hear that, that's when we go in. Before that, we don't. There's no secret rapture. You have to wait until it, you hear, It is done. That is the result of the seventh bowl being poured out into the air. It brings an earthquake which splits Jerusalem into three parts and she'll drink the wine of the fury of his wrath, bringing history to a close. And the human race stands on the threshold of eternity. And Isaiah wraps it up beautifully in the 66th chapter and says in the 6th verse, A sound of uproar from the city, a sound from the temple, the sound of Yahuwah who fully repays his enemies. No one goes into the presence of Yahuwah until the seven angels have completed their missions. So it's pretty amazing as we wrap up this 16th chapter and you can see the calamity as these vials and plagues are poured out. But ultimately, to conclude... I say it's all about the days of Noah. It's the noon hay. 
coming in from the chaotic seas of the nations, not only in our thinking, in our prayer life, in our interactions with humanity. We've just not, we can't be chaotic with them. We have to come in to the ark, out of the chaos, and stand under our great physician. And that will carry us over the waters of chaos and we will land on a good dry land as they are perishing. I believe we are getting ready to get put into the ark and carried over the chaos. And it is training, training our mind, renewing our mind daily by the washing of the word. Okay? Prayer. Now I'm preaching it myself to de-escalate and not be as combative because that's what I want to do in my flesh. But I'm not going to deliver myself. I, I can't do it. It's not in my strength. I have to trust that he is going to see me through. But I can definitely make a decision to come out of the chaos, the seas of the nations, the noon chay, and come into the ark, and I ultimately know that I have my great physician, and I am going to verbalize that I have religious freedom, and that you cannot discriminate against me based upon my religion, because my physician has given me a different set of commandments, and they're in conflict with yours. And it's that simple. And you don't have to understand, because he's not your savior. And he's not your physician. Dr. Fauci and Lucifer are. And that's your problem. And you'll soon find out what solution you'll end up with. It's called the burning hell of fire. Likewise, myself, my physician will lead me into glory and security and a tavia, an ark, right? Of safety pitched by his blood. And no, you can't touch my blood! And that's the end of Revelation chapter 16. Let's see what they got to say on the chat. I'm sure absolutely nothing. If you want me to pay any attention to you in the chat, then you have to redline it so I can see. Let's see what you got, guys and girls. A little sip. Revelation 16. My goodness, here we go. Okay, all right, here we go. Let's see what we've got. We've got Elizabeth Rocha, Shabbat Shalom. Can you explain your belief that Mashiach will not return until after the thousand years of the millennial reign, which you mentioned earlier today? So, yeah, that's basically the difference between a post 
millennial return or a pre-millennial return. Now, back in the church in Calvary Chapel, I was taught a pre-millennial return. I think most of us were, that we would rule and reign with Messiah for a thousand years. But once looking at that, many of the so-called prophecies of Ezekiel, once I came to realize that the book of Ezekiel was a set of scrolls, and that it was a conditional promise that they did not accept, then I started to realize that many of these Christian prophecies about the Messiah and the millennia, millennium, excuse me, were, they were taking the, the writings of Ezekiel that were in relation to the prince and saying that the prince was Yahusha. Well, that makes no sense to me. Those were conditional prophecies. So then when I started to look more, I started to see that, well, Yahushua rules and reigns with me right now since the day I accepted him when I was 24. It would make a lot more sense that we are moving into the millennium. We are ruling and reigning as believers, him in us, and he has given us authority over the nations for a thousand years it's about his kingdom coming down here it's not that we wreck this place because we're going on a secret rapture it's about our father in heaven thy kingdom come bringing the millennium down here for a thousand years so it's it's post-millennial return rather than pre-millennial return that that would be my belief but you know it's debatable because it's eschatology. So let's have a look. Much more truth says, do you think the false prophet will literally call fire down from heaven or is this a metaphor? Mr. Clone Gates looks like a good candidate. <laughs> yeah, Mr. G I hope they can call some fire down on Mr. Gates. That would be great. But I mean... <laughs> Project Bluebeam, they could cool down fire. They can do all kinds of spectacular, spectacular deceptions. And you know what? The majority of humanity hopped up on benzos and hallucinogenics would fall for it, especially if it was broadcast by CNN and um, that clown, Brian. What's the guy who, I forget who he is, but the guy that, oh crazy. Mary Trotter, Shabbat Shalom, Mary. Matthew, are you saying we shouldn't have blood work done? Well, that is, um, I'm not telling you to do anything. All I'm saying is I'm not getting any blood work done unless I get some, unless I'm not, how can I say it? I haven't walked in your shoes. I don't know what your healthcare situation is like. It's very, be very easy for me to sit here in judgment and say, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. You know, don't say anything like that unless you've walked in that other person's shoes, okay? Somebody may need to get blood work done because they have a legitimate health care concern where they ha may have to make that decision. If you are in that situation, then ask a lot of questions and read everything and anything before you sign it and be very careful. 
What are they doing with that information? What's happening with your private medical information regarding the HIPAA laws? And if it's not something that's life and death, then I would most probably not do it. And if you have done it, there are ways to get that information back, but it's a little bit lengthy and time-consuming. So that's just me. How will Messiah, Brian Price, Shabbat Shalom, Brian, how will Messiah rule with a rod of iron if he is not here over the millennial Sabbath? Well, I believe that once we move into the millennial, there is a shift and there is the ruling and reigning through the saints because we're standing in his power and he is ruling through us because we are his purchase. But, you know, again, this is, this, is, this is something that we should have a, you know, debate over, the difference between a pre-millennial and a post-millennial return there. Um, let's see. Let's see. Pixie from Dixie says, HIPAA is gone during COVID. What does that mean, Pixie from Dixie? Get that up in the chat. HIPAA is gone. Meaning they're not following the HIPAA? Is that what you're saying, Doug? They're not? Oh, it does. Oh, so what we're saying in house is it doesn't have the weight that it did before. Yeah, so you're much better to stand on your religious freedoms rather than ADA than HIPAA. Yashub says, could the 400-year prophecy plagues be mixed with the tribulation plagues on, or now since it's just finished? It's funny how the tyranny just started after the prophecy was fulfilled. Well, that's, I think, everything's coming into a grand culmination right now, and we live in this, in this amazing, amazing time. And then Drew says they bypassed HIPAA, yeah. So, yeah, I think we need to go back to the foundations of our faith and our great physician. Interesting. Much more truth says HIPAA was suspended during the Stafford Act, but they don't know that. So, hmm, interesting. Well, well, well. Medical martial law. Well, again, that's, that's a great way if you can get that, you know, patient-physician relationship and the government can be the, the physician and humanity becomes the patient, then you have ultimate, ultimate control. So, yeah, I think we're just living in absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal times. Diesel Grandma says... 
Hydroxychloroquine is a form of quinine. Quinine is found naturally in tonic water, collodial zinc and tonic water, water an easy prophylactic health solution. So I think what she's saying is basically we're to have a, oh, it's 20 past four, four o'clock gin and tonic, gin and tonic and a spot of a collodion. Oh, yes, I think that's what I'm going to do. Tamara, every four o'clock, I want a gin and tonic and a collodial zinc back rub. I think that would be my health care, yes, and then my children to read the Bible to me. Perfect. Four o'clock, gin and tonic with a collodial zinc back rub as the scripture is being read to me. Four o'clock every day. All right, that's what I'm moving to, and um, that's enough folly for me today. I have um, peanuts to eat and collodial silver rub to go to and a gin and tonic, apparently. I'm not really a fan of gin and tonic. I don't really, yeah. But uh, anyway. What else have we got, you guys? I don't want to leave you with such silliness. <laughs> oh, but there is a hope. There is a hope. Julia says, at Southwest Goat Lady, chosen according to the foreknowledge of Abba Yahweh and set apart by the Ruach for obedience and the sprinkling of the Dham of Yahushua the Messiah, favor to you and shalom be multiplied. Exactly. Exactly. Have a hope. And we've got Shiloh. We'll finish up with Shiloh here. Do you see that this predetermined chaos is both about the virus and the election? Yes, we have less than three months to go, and that's why they are ramping it up and not letting us get any, any pause in this worldwide absolute mayhem. But you know what? I wouldn't trade it for the world because my faith is alive, the scripture is alive, Yahushua is the great physician, we have the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to nurse us, and to give us tenderness. I've been sleeping very well lately, I must say, just coming into this real peace that surpasses all understanding, and know that we have the temple in heaven of which we will dwell, and that's where we are going to go. And with that, we can stand in this great day. And I look out on these children, and I know that there is a hope and a future for them. And I'm going with a post-millennial return that these children will be the governors, the presidents, the kings and queens of nations, and will be ruling with a fist of iron over those heathen nations. And that is something I'm looking forward to because there's a whole generation that's growing up in purity, in honesty, in righteousness, and they're going to be powerfully equipped when the nations are in a sea of chaos and their brains, veins are fried because they will be by this time next year. Absolute fried. I'm just hoping all the governors line up for the vax first and we can watch the consequences over their lives for the next three months. We shall see. We shall see. Shabbat Shalom. Everybody, give us some thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. And 
We'd love if you would donate to the ministry, help support the ministry, and thank you for your giving and stewardship. Blessings, 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 and Shabbat Shalom.